This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks for being with us this morning. Well, Tristan Hopper is a columnist with the National Post. He has been on the program uh, several times in the past, and he joins us again this morning. Tristan, great to have you back on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, What uh, made you want to write about the Doomsday Clock? Uh, I wrote about the Doomsday Clock because I hate the Doomsday (laughs) Clock, and everyone should hate the Doomsday Clock. So every year... The Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists uh, released their doomsday clock, and they say, well, it's, it's two minutes to midnight, midnight, and then all the world's media breathlessly reports uh, that, uh, you know, they've, they've moved it, uh, that the world is now in more peril because the, the scientists have said that the, the world is much more dangerous. But if you actually look at their statements, and I don't think anybody is actually reading their statement, you quickly realize that there's nothing scientific uh, about the doomsday clock uh, and in fact, it's about one of the worst indicators we have going. So, uh, I mean, they claim that the world has never been in more peril for nuclear war. But if you actually break down the statistics, uh, it's there's absolutely no evidence for that. And it's wildly irresponsible that they're claiming, I mean, they're they're hiding behind the veil of science. So they're saying, well, we're atomic scientists, so you have to listen to our, our take on world affairs. But then you read their document, and it's just a, an, an over-the-top uh, op-ed. That's all it is. And uh, I remember the first time hearing about the doomsday clock uh, way, way back in school. And it's frightening. If you're a child learning about this thing, it is a frightening uh, clock to hear about. It's ominous and it really does uh, put this fear into people. Uh, But then you're right. When you actually read back and look at how it's changed over the years, and you write about this in your column, uh, for example, in 1962 or during the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, the clock was, was at seven minutes to midnight, uh, much more relaxed than it is right now. Yes. Uh, and in 1983, uh, which is uh, when I would say the world came closest to actual doomsday. Uh, so a Soviet early warning station, there was a malfunction and then alarms started going off and saying that there was a U.S. missile attack. So the protocol at the time uh, was to alert Soviet authorities and then to start a retaliatory missile strike, which if that had happened, that would have sparked a retaliatory missile strike from the United States and it would have wiped out all life on Earth. But uh, the duty officer that night, Stanislav Petrov, you should remember his name because it's why you're not living in a smoking crater right now. Uh, he decided, uh, based on his gut feeling, he had no evidence uh, that it was just a false alarm, thus preventing a nuclear war. So at that point, when we are legitimately Almost, some guy's gut feeling stopped the world from ending. Uh, the doomsday clock was at four minutes to midnight, so less dangerous than it is now. So I, it just shows a radical lack of context when the Cold War, the, there was, we were literally at risk of doomsday because a small mistake could cause a full-scale nuclear missile exchange between the two superpowers, you know, creating a nuclear winter that could wipe out all life on Earth. There's just nothing now that is nearly as dangerous. Uh, I mean, the worst case scenario with North Korea, North Korea doesn't have a lot of nuclear weapons. They can't wipe out all life on Earth. So absolute worst case scenario is everyone dies on the Korean Peninsula and maybe a U.S. city is wiped out. So uh, that's bad. But for this group to come out and say that we're closer to doomsday, you know, Armageddon, I mean, that's just wildly overstated. And again, they don't have any evidence for it. And uh, strangely, uh, and then when you actually look into their reasons for doomsday, so they say we're at two minutes to midnight. So they say we're, we've never been closer to doomsday since 1953. And then you say, well, what are the reasons for that? And they bring up 
oh, the world situation is in bad shape. And then they just start listing all their pet causes. They say, oh, well, fake news is a problem. People don't trust uh, science or facts anymore. Uh, you know, climate change. I mean, climate change is a problem, but no rational person thinks it's going to cause doomsday. It's just a huge, big pain in the butt. <laughs> right, and may, may cause problems down the road, but uh, probably not something we can predict uh, down to two minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, you read it, and it's pretty clearly, it's just a bunch of scientists uh, just felt like, you know, uh, you know, telling Trump to stuff it, and then are just pretending that the, there's any scientific merit to their opinion, but that's all this is. It's just a wildly uninformed opinion about the world situation. And one of the most telling factors into why you shouldn't trust the doomsday clock is when you speak to actual, uh, you know, scientists who are weighing the risks of uh, doomsday happening to humanity, so if you actually ask the risk scientist who is doing their homework, they would say, oh, the number one threat to the human species right now is a global pandemic. It would be some disease we've never heard of that, you know, is sparked by uh, it comes out of a factory farm or it comes out of the Arctic and then we can't address it. And it's like the Black Plague all over again. They make no mention of that. Now, I'm going to guess they didn't make no mention of that uh, because you can't lecture Trump uh, or the United States, because it's very preachy, the doomsday clock. You read it, and they're saying, well, you should renew the Iran deal. And uh, so they have all these sort of policy pronouncements, um, which, I mean, their opinion's as good as anyone else, uh, but they're trying to get people to listen to them by using this over-the-top rhetoric like apocalypse and Armageddon, which is kind of a thing that Donald Trump would do. Uh, so I don't know why we give more attention to these atomic scientists. And who are they? How do they get? To, how do they choose which scientists are on this panel? And well, so atomic scientists. I mean, that's someone who sort of you know deals. It's it's a physicist who who works with uh, you know things at the atomic level. So I, I mean, when this whole thing started uh, in the 1950s, uh, I guess people should have questioned why is an atomic scientist better at predicting the end of the world than anyone else? I mean, you're just it's just a white-collar job where you deal with nuclear things. And then when you actually look at the panel of the bulletin of the atomic scientists, a lot of them aren't scientists. They're just sort of uh, security professionals, uh, people who work in uh, you know, semi-political positions at think tanks. Uh, so again, uh, this is what the doomsday clock is. It's just sort of a state-of-the-world uh, from a think tank that I think is one of the worst assessments of the actual state of the world. But the only reason we listen to it is because they're very irresponsibly claiming that this is a scientific document. Um, and that's why, and using words like doomsday and freaking everybody out um, for no reason. Well, and the reasons, too, I think when people think about the doomsday clock, they do put uh, perhaps it's blind faith in scientists because atomic scientist sounds like a really great title. But and as you've written about this, too, this whole loss of public trust in political institutions and the media, is that really going to lead us to doomsday? Probably not. No. Yeah. And I think it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty galling of the bulletin of the atomic scientists to sort of, you know, so doomsday will happen because people are losing public trust in science. Meanwhile, uh, I think they're doing more than anyone else to lose that public trust in science. I think it was Albert Einstein who said it was very risky uh, for scientists to sort of take up political causes uh, because uh, if, if they're shown to be partisan, then it makes all of society lose trust in scientists. And I think it's, it's this, the doomsday clock is very clearly uh, just a political rant about their thoughts about the state of the world that's not based on science. Now, if they were 
putting out a scientific document. Now, there are risk scientists who can sort of use empirical measures to figure out the risk, the actual risk of a nuclear war. So there's one study that came out, and they used a variety of factors, and they figure out, well, we have a 1.4% chance of a nuclear war that would kill as many people as World War II. Um, so uh, here's a way of illustrating this. Rather than this you know, stupid measure of two minutes to midnight, what does that even mean? Um, I mean, I suggest you could just uh, gather a bunch of journalists uh, at a press conference, and then you have a big prices right spinning wheel. And then you spin the wheel, and then 1.4% of that wheel is sort of the nuclear war zone. So you spin it. It's probably not going to land on the 1.4%, but it sort of illustrates, like, you know, do we want to be uh, at a point where even we have a 1.4% chance? So, you know, if, if it doesn't land on the 98.6% of the rest of it, uh, we actually have more deaths than, than World War II. I mean, that's, that's a way of scientists actually elevating the narrative and sort of giving people a reasoned, rational assessment of what risk is. Instead, we just get these douchebags <laughs> putting out some uh, long rant uh, about how uh, we're, we're going to face doomsday if we don't police social media or trust scientists or, or whatever their pet causes are at the, uh, that, that particular moment. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.